and even just feeling it within myself and my body and just what do I do now? We're going to go out on the field. We're going to score as many goals as we can. We're going to have fun. Oh, Becky, oh, well placed. She did swimming, horseback riding, tennis, track. Niasha Abrams, a hyperactive kid, to use her own words, was involved in a lot of sports growing up. But none of them quite had the effect on her that dance did. I think it was kind of combining the movement and the self-expression, like that artistic side, um, and being able to be my body through art was like a, a thing that really resonated with me um, and be able to move other people um, through my movements. Dance, and not long after, cheer, became a huge part of her life. It was her reason for turning down invites, for not being able to do other extracurriculars. It was her mad lib finish for her, quote, Sorry, I can't I have line that every athlete knows all too well. She cheered in college and had a great experience. She loved the sisterhood, and as she always had, she loved the movement, the self-expression. But eventually, Niasha came to a fork in the road. A fork brought on by a new passion and intense commitment her desire to pursue a career in physical therapy. Like you're getting higher up in those hard, you know, science classes, something's got to give, right? Like I, you're only one human um, and you're saying yes to something else. You're saying, um, you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. So um, unfortunately I did have to make that decision. It, it was like a really, really rough transition you know, one, it's been such a big part of my life for so long. Um, and then two, that like self-expression component of it, you know, it wasn't just like a robot, you know, going in and just doing the thing. It was really that self-expression and even just feeling it within myself and my body and just what do I do now? Like trying to uh, figure out ways to maybe incorporate a little bit, but just not to the longevity of the time that it would suck from something else um and then that team that came with it um but you know they understood they were super supportive um a lot of them were on my white coat ceremony cheering me on <laughs> because they knew how long that I really wanted this so um yeah it was it was, it was a bittersweet kind of um kind of deal for sure some significant shifts came with closing the competitive dance and cheer chapter and saying yes to her future physical therapist self. She looked to incorporate fitness and working out into her life, but struggled with reconciling her then baseline and her now baseline, being hard on herself about what she used to be able to do. Using that old competition men mentality, I actually turned it inward and like started to compete with myself. And I think just giving yourself grace of like, okay, I'm, I'm giving myself space to get to my own new markers of this new chapter and not comparing it to the old chapter, right? One, you're younger, 
right, to the amount of time that you were actually spending. I mean, to, to do that comparison is really doing yourself an injustice. So I think just giving yourself grace and trying to not push down the old version, but acknowledge that that was the case and that we're in this new chapter and this new chapter is going to require a different element of us. There's a grief to work through. A legit capability, expectation, a belief of what your body can do is lost. And so you get angry, frustrated, sad. You have to feel all of that. Let that unfold and then realize it's okay. There's nothing wrong. This isn't bad. Our bodies change. You just have somewhere different to start from. Like, okay, this is your baseline, right? PTs love a baseline. This is your baseline. And where can we get in a couple of weeks, you know, next month? Um, and just keeping that level of consistency. And then if things happen and you're tired and you're absolutely exhausted because you've been sitting down for eight hours studying, give yourself grace. <laughs> give yourself grace. Another loss Niasha had to process and consider was the one that came with the shutting off of the outlet that dance and cheer had offered. She had to find new ways to access bodily self-expression. Um, one big thing that I've actually started again is back into painting and art. Um, just a different form of that expression. Um, you know, connecting with family, connecting with friends is also like a form of expression. Um, I've also been really, really big on journaling um not only written journal but video journaling my journey through physical therapy school and kind of like those cliche things that people don't really talk about um and that aren't the highlight of you know you know physical therapy or med school tiktoks of you know the real deep things that within ourselves evolve through that journey um so that's been one of well several of the, the new outlets that I've tried to really lean into and just be for myself. You know, it's something that is just for me and I'm able to get that um, expression out. Um, and then also just having that connection with other people. I've started to make some of my paintings gifts for, you know, classmates or professors and stuff like that. So being able to not only express, but still be able to gravitate towards those human experiences and connections. Mm. And yeah, in a different way. All those activities don't require warming up, cooling down, sweating, yeah. <laughs> showering after. So, well, that's fine. yeah, yeah. And that's something, you know, it can be done with others, but it can also be done, you know, by yourself. And I think, um, you know, especially while you're in school, it's hard to manage other people's schedules, you know, because everyone has like their own stuff going on. And just finding things that you can do with yourself or if you choose to like invite a friend or a partner into the mix, that can also be done fluidly. Um, but I think just something that you can rely on yourself to do with that level of expression, I think is super important. All right. We've talked a little bit about Niasha's transition out of sport. Now I want to dive into what it was she was transitioning to. And really importantly, the connection this pursuit had to her time as an athlete. So, physical therapy. This was a field Niasha had a distinct light bulb experience about. 
She remembers it well. She was in junior high and she needed to do a certain amount of volunteer hours in a facility related to a career she was interested in. It was a requirement. She originally picked a vet. Didn't work out. The not being able to communicate with the animals about how they were feeling, a la Dr. Doolittle, wasn't it for her. Her grandma kind of threw out this idea of Niasha going to this physical therapy center she was familiar with. Wouldn't be any sweat off their back, and Niasha needed to get those hours. So she goes, gets paired up with this physical therapist for the day. And, you know, she's she's with a patient, and this patient is grumpy, just grumpy. And I was like, okay, this is going to be a long day. Goodness. And so, you know, in working with that patient, you know, she does something and does something else. And he's like, wow, you know, his whole energy, his whole spirit just really lightens up. And like, you can see the visual difference, obviously, Mm -hmm. through like physical exam and things of that nature at that time. I didn't know. But I was just like, what kind of secret sorcery like is this this is pretty cool and I mean she just literally did stuff with her hands and all this other stuff she's poking and pressing I was like this is pretty cool um and so just the the weird nerdy science part of me was like so intrigued like I need to figure out how this is done and then for me I was like oh I can push on these things and she's she's pushing and poking on me I'm like oh I can feel that that's connecting me back to my own body And so that was something that was really, really fascinating, not only to um, get slight insight as to the science component of it, but um, to see people's reaction, people like really benefiting from it um, and just the way that they light up, you know, and then on the PT's end, how gratifying it was for her. Like she was so... um, she was so happy with her job and she was just, you could just tell the energy that was like coming from her body that she just really, really enjoyed it. I'm like, this is cool. Like, not only like, do you like what you do? Like you're, you're also making somebody else walk out the door with a giant smile on their face. And they were the grumpiest individual. She was hooked. Of course, there's been a few hiccups along the way, but Really, since junior high, Niasha has known that that's what she wanted to do. And it was in college that she was introduced to the major of kinesiology, the study of human body movement. Now, she'd start learning the science behind what she was seeing that day in junior high. What was happening in her muscles when, say, her dad was rubbing out a certain knot in her leg after dance. And I brought something up to her, just that... I've noticed in my few personal interactions with like four kinesiology majors in my life, they've all been athletes like her. She's noticed it too in the world of kinesiology and physical therapy. And she doesn't think it's an accident. I think the reason why is I think we've just really fine tuned our kinetic learning right? Because we've been so in touch with our body for so long that it's really a beauty and really a gift to now help others through that learning. Because we've, we've, like you mentioned, you've been in training rooms, you've had your own injuries, you've had, you know, um, um, uh, classmates or teammates that had those injuries. And so we have like a, like a interesting level of like, almost like a kinetic impasse that we're able to connect with people's body in such a 
very unique way. It's really, really beautiful to see um, that I don't think is maybe talked about or maybe there's not really a, a, a category or box to put on it as of yet. But I think it's something that that is, is starting to emerge more and more just because we are of the masses taking over that field. And you have to look and be like, why? Right. And and being able to connect with your body is not something that the everyday person is able to do. I had um, an aunt once and I was like, all right, well, what are you feeling? She's like, I just don't know. I just don't. I'm like, well, how do you not know your body? This is your vessel. Like, how do you, how do you not know? And I think um, we kind of take it for granted, right? Because we're, we're, we're athletes and we've been in this bubble. Yeah. Right. We've been in this bubble. We've, we've, we've had friends and teammates that have all done this same thing. So to have the idea or perspective outside of that and thinking outside that, you know, outside this little bubble, actually a lot of people don't have that mm-hmm. is so abstract to us because a lot of us have started this at such a young age. So it's, it's been really ingrained in us for so long that it's innate. It feels innate. It feels very, you just don't even think about it. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see how that field continues to grow and as more research comes out and as more people resonate with that kinetic learning style and that um, being able to be kinetically empathic Mm -hmm. and help other people. Athletes are used to learning with their body and not just used to it, it's really how they learn best. Whether the concept is kicking a soccer ball, shooting a free throw, And if it's been shown how powerful, how effective our bodies are as a tool and as a vehicle for learning, why is using our body to learn only socially acceptable in certain spaces? Why is the large percentage of learning supposed to be done sitting in a desk, fixed? Niasha first encountered this tension during her time in undergrad. And she's made it a point to acknowledge it and challenge it in the various movement specialist spaces she's been in. Whether that's being a teacher in a classroom or currently a student in physical therapy school. And so I've really had to teach these students to embrace that component of them, that they are physical. Mm -hmm. They are kinetic learning. They are people that want to that learn by doing, right? And using their bodies to now help facilitate that learning. And it was so hard and difficult for them. And I I will resonate with myself. It was also difficult for me. And thankfully I had mentors and I had teachers that were taking the time to do that, but it was, it was so abstract to them. But at the end of the day, at the, at the end of the semester, they would be so appreciative because they realized it really wasn't them that was the issue it was tapping into a different component of them to help them in a system that wasn't serving them Mm. and and even as i find myself in physical therapy school i've i i kind of stepped into that role again especially that first semester where people are really really struggling and trying to figure out learning ways that just hasn't been taught or encouraged before 
to help students succeed and be like, you can do this. You just have to go about it in a different fashion. And if, and if you're shamed for it, if you're looked down upon for it, the heck with it. Stand up in class, bop around while you're memorizing flashcards. Explore how movement and learning connect for you, Niasha says. You know, even um, as I would be, you know, listening to um, lectures on repeat, I'll be moving. Yeah. You know, like I'm feeling the origin and insertion within myself. Hmm. Right. And I think, um, you know, what one of my classmates was like, that is so insane. But once she started doing it, she's like, now I go to the gym and I'll have the lecture playing because now you're able to it's not just a strict memorized thing. Now I can feel it. And best believe in exams, I'm stretching, I'm doing this, I'm doing, and I'm trying to feel, you know, the convex on the concave, like where, where am I feeling it? And that is my cheat sheet. I tell people all the time, that is your, like your body is your cheat sheet. Mm. And being able to, to tap into that is such, such, such a beautiful gift. And I, and, and to your point earlier of like making sure that you're taking care of that because it really is a gift. And I think that's how I've been able to shift that energy from a competitive state to just like, I have to keep my vessel good so I can help serve others. We've talked about this on the show before. Your quote unquote, why for movement. As an athlete, it's a performance-focused why. It's winning, it's injury prevention or rehab. When you're retired, your why or your whys often change. For Niasha, and I loved this reframe, her big why around movement is rooted in service. I really wanted to take this conversation about our why behind movement with this movement specialist into a certain topic. So a lot of retired athletes, and I'll include myself in this statement, find that one of their whys in post-sports life is pain management. So how do we approach movement with that in mind? Keep exploring, I think would be the thing that I would uh, recommend to people. Um, and, and don't necessarily put a cap on it of like what I should be able to, like the shoulds, get rid of the shoulds and just really um, explore what lights you up inside, what, what lights you up and what feels, um, feels similar. Pull through a core value or a core feeling that you really loved from the movement experience of your time as an athlete and figure out a way to incorporate it. Like I'll use me as an example. For me right now, my regular exercise has got to be more low impact. That's what my body needs right now. But I know how much I appreciated and loved that feeling of doing gassers, doing sprints at the end of practice, just feeling truly spent, laying on the field exhausted. So knowing that, that's led me to Peloton. It's a form of exercise that's offered me both, joining the old love with the new need. And as Niasha will tell you over and over again, some movement is better than no movement. 
the the notion of if you if you don't use it you lose it is definitely holds true Mm -hmm. um but you're working at a different baseline one of niasha's newfound movements that brings her joy and fits into her life now is bike rides you know if i even if i don't go to the actual gym gym and i'm not lifting weights and doing all this stuff if i can at least go for a bike ride at sunset once for the week i like that will just chef's kiss Mm -hmm. right And if, when, you start playing that comparison game and turning competition inward, just remembering to bring mindfulness and gratitude to what you're doing right in this moment. And in that same spirit of figuring out what works for your body in the now, Niasha recommends reaching out to different kinds of healthcare providers. Go to a PT, go to a Cairo, you know? Um, go to these re- these various different resources that that can help you um, in those aches and pains because they now have taken their kinetic tool belt and all their gadgets that they've you know come along the way to help you. Niasha is in PT school now. She's not entirely solid on her plans for the future, but you can be sure that whatever they are, they will allow for adding new tools to her kinetic tool belt compassion, and movement that isn't bound by shoulds. Definitely would like to do something along the lines of like teaching, um, education, something, whether that be formal or informal. Um, I think one big goal for me is just um, tapping into helping some way of getting younger folks into the field and getting them exposed just because I was very fortunate enough to have that exposure very early on. Um, And I think it has shaped me in a very unique way that I'm really, really much appreciative of. Thank you to Niasha Abrams for coming onto the podcast. And thank you for listening. Hope to see you next time.